Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby! Vegas! You're in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready. You're going to Vegas with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. This is Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, the podcast. This is a place you have to go, and I, I say that it, it is in, incredible. There is a collection of records here that's just hard to believe, and we're here with Rich Rosen. The place is called Wax Tracks. You got to come here. It's it's hard to believe, and I can send you to the website, but that won't do it justice. Rich, how the heck did you ever come up with all this stuff? I mean, how much how much stuff is here for starters? There's about a million units altogether here. I have uh, been doing this since oh I don't know 55 years. Started off in New York, then went to Pennsylvania. After Pennsylvania, came to Vegas. And I'll tell you, Vegas is the best move I've ever made as far as business goes. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I could tell you more stories about that, too. Kind of describe what's going on here. And again, you got to picture a building with three levels. And you may need to go on a diet before you come in here because i got to say, it's hard to move around here. I saw you knocking some things over. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. That's all part of the experience, so to speak. You yeah. know? Yeah. We, we specialize in everything memorable. Uh, CDs, autographs, records, uh, toys, everything, bobbleheads. Elton John loved my bobbleheads. He bought the Beatles. I had all four of the Beatle bobbleheads. So Elton says, no, you don't have them. I have them. So I lost them. He bought them. That's it. Yeah, Yeah, so I've been doing this for 55 years, and uh, I like to buy more than I like to sell. I imagine you get kind of a little bit of pride of ownership in some of these things where you kind of hate to give it away, you know, or know, sell it. But I also buy even middle of the road and other things. I like unknowns, right? So if anybody has any 45s or LPs in their basement, come on down to Wax Tracks or I'll come down to you. And I buy, I buy, I buy. He really does. And I want to talk about some of the weird things in here because there are some, if you can think of it, I'm telling you, Rich has it. Talk about some of the little stranger pieces. That I mean, there's so many, it's hard to get it down to a few. But give us kind of some of your favorites uh, where you'll only find it here. I actually have introducing the Beatles, and it's in 3D, the cover, when usually everybody has it as a regular album, minus in 3D. I have uh, Abbey Road, you know, where they're walking, right? Right. And it's in 3D. So you see the shoes they're walking are extended. It's, It's beautiful. And I have, um, I have a lot of Elvis stuff. I have an Elvis album still sealed with the banner around it. Everybody, you know, they never see it with the banner intact and still sealed, right? A lot of things like that. A lot of, you know, real one-of-a-kinds. The butcher cover, I have about nine of them. You know, so a lot of people haven't had one in their lifetime. I have nine of them. I'm just lucky, I suppose, because it's worked. Let's put it this way. No, it's absolutely incredible. And I mean, I, this stuff here, like I saw something for Elvis. It was like, Elvis is going to tell you a secret. You know, so some little like gimmicky thing that there can't be too many of those around. And now, is that the cassette you saw in no, the packaging? Was a record? Was a record? Yeah, that could be interesting. I bought it, but I mean, I just gave it to Jerry to take upstairs somewhere. <laughs> 
You know, so one day we'll get to that pile and he'll say to me, where does he want this to go, Rich? That's when we put it out, you know. Rich, you have any idea what all this is worth? I mean, I, I, there, there are even just a few things I've seen that alone are worth a lot. Well, there's a figure I would take if I ever sold it, but then I'd have to stay home with my wife too long, so it would bother me. I'd be out looking for records 24 hours a day, you know? <laughs> so, no, I don't want to give you a figure that I would sell it for. You have to first see it, because if you look in every drawer, it's loaded with stuff. Here's Beetle memorabilia, you know? Yeah. And every drawer is loaded with stuff. Yeah, it, it's absolutely it, it's absolutely incredible. Like jukeboxes, for example. This is not your typical jukebox. There are some songs there that I've never heard some great stuff. Uh, That's all records that I grew up wanting or had in my own collection. So that's all doo-wop that's in that jukebox. That's a 1952 AMI jukebox. And the reason I like it is because you see the record going around. I had some woman in yesterday from France, no, two days ago from France. So her husband was buying records and she kept running back and forth playing records on the jukebox because she didn't have to put a quarter in. It was for free, so she loved it, you know. So, uh, yeah, no, people get a lot of fun out of it. Are you in contact at all with Steve Resnick, who also collects 45s? His is a little different. It's all the Billboard Top 100s out of Los Angeles. Uh, yes, one, uh, some of the radio, uh, record shows in Buena Park, I think I've seen him and we've discussed certain things. But uh, I don't go for Top 100. Yeah. Sooner or later, that collection is going to be worth nothing. You're going to see things here that maybe, you know, back in 1964 when you were... A little kid, you remember seeing that somewhere. I mean, there's just things that you know that aren't famous or anything, but you remember. Oh, I know what I was thinking before. We were talking about Resnick's uh, collection, but like for instance, uh, Danny and the Juniors at the Hop, monster monster seller, right? But that was on ABC Paramount. But the original came out of Philadelphia, right? And it was on uh, Danny and the Juniors at the there Hop. <laughs> so that's the original label. It came out on Singular. Then you remember in the Still of the Night by the Five Satins when it became the big hit in New York. What they don't know is that it was originally came out in New Haven, Connecticut and was out on the Standard label. Uh, the, that's collecting. But to collect the top 40, top 50, I mean, I've seen a lot of big collections and it just doesn't impress me. Because I don't need it on ABC. I find it all the time. Well, how did you get into this? You said you've been doing this for a while, but how did you get in, into this thing? And obviously, you've studied the world of music quite quite closely. I was young. I must have been in my uh, 14, 15, 16 years old. And I set, sent my father out with a list of records I was looking for. And out of a list of about 20, 25, 30 records, he comes back with four. Now, knowing my father, if I send him in the list, he comes back with the whole list, right? So I'm saying to myself, some of these things are hard to find. Yeah. That's when I started looking. I worked on Wall Street where I was selling my records while I was supposed to be doing margins, right? So I say to myself that maybe I'm the reason it went out of business because, you know. So I, all through my life, wherever I went, I used to, uh, I was in Sam Goody's. At lunchtime, I was out looking for records and I found a guy, he really started it for me. I found a guy who had a record shop on 47th and Lexington. So I figured since I have the job, I might as well walk in and be arrogant. So I walked in and I said to him, uh, Jay Sonin, his name's Jay Sonin, because I looked you up. Uh, he says, yeah, I'm Jay Sonin. I said, well, I'm Rich Rosen, and I'd like to run your store. He says, 
I'm in my store. What do you mean? How can you run my store? I said, so you can go running around doing what you got to do. I'll be running your store. He says, I liked your attitude. Can I train you for a few weeks? I said, sure. And I, I started working in the store for about eight, ten years. And it was great. You know, I learned a lot of things. I mean, like, here for, here, for instance, he was a shipper to a lot of the other stores in the United States. So we'd get in like uh, 500 to 1,000 copies of Talking Book by Stevie Wonder. And then we'd ship them out to various people. Yeah. yeah, I think they came from Puerto Rico, a lot of these things, you know. <laughs> Gray color or something like that. So that's how I got my start, you know. Then I learned about the Brill Building. You know what the Brill Building is? All right. And all of a sudden, like if I'm walking up the steps and coming down, it could be Neil Diamond, could be Carol King, right? So I decided that there has to be records in the Brill Building, right? In 1697 Broadway. So the Colony Records shop is there, which is very famous in New York, and there's a building above the Colony Records shop. I think it must be 100 stories up, right? So I know the people who own the, own the Colony Records shop. They're out of business now, but I knew them very well. So I said to myself, they're too smart. So they have an office in this building, but have they ever been to the other offices to look for records? They never thought of it. So I walk in and uh, uh, saw, we I think it's Weimar, Weimar Records. I picked up 125, excuse me, 125 copies of, you see that up on top there? That's Mickey Mantle and Teresa Brewer, autographed by Mickey Mantle, picture, and the sheet music, and the buttons. I have the buttons also, you know? And then they had tons and tons of records. So I, I just cleaned them out, and that was the start. It's not just records, primarily records, but there's everything that goes around with this. And I guess you've got kind of an eye to really you're preserving history. It is history. It's history. Because it's not only my favorite doo-wop music or soul music. It's rockabilly music. It's jazz music, blues. I mean, if, if oh, Elton John's one of my customers. If he comes in in the next few days, he's going to first want to know what blues things I just got in. Mm -hmm. Then jazz then soul, then gospel, then he goes to rock and roll. So he covers the whole gambit. He's bought 11,000 albums here. Ooh. Well, I've known him four and a half years, so still a lot of albums. But, you know, when I found Elton, he, had, he already sold all his records to open up an AIDS foundation. So he had no records. I was, like, starting him off with what he was buying from me. Lucky break, you know. It's incredible. You've got other celebrities, you were saying, too, that are interested in coming down here. It's not just Elton, although he may be your most famous. Well, I don't know if I should say this yet because it's still up in the air, but uh, Steven Tyler, maybe, and Lady Gaga, maybe. Whether Lady Gaga buys records or not, I'm not sure, but Steven Tyler does because I filled his want list already. So, you know, maybe we'll be lucky with that in the future. Well, you know, and you got to think, too, when people come here, even if you don't like records, there's plenty of stuff to get. I mean, you have some stuff that isn't even really music-related, but just kind of goes back to those times as if, I mean, it's a nostalgia heaven. Yeah, look, I have, I have autographs by, that's autographed by Walt Disney, and the book over here. Now, this is funny, and I took it because it said Frank Sinatra, A Man Alone, Rod McEwen. So when I got to the store with it, I looked inside, and it's autographed by Rod McEwen. I looked online, it's worth over a thousand dollars. Books, oh, you know, it's everything that, that's interesting to me. Like, uh, I found this here. A lot of people don't even know it exists. It's Michael Jackson, it's dangerous, and it opens up as a three, 3D wow. thing. Isn't that nice? Yeah. 
Yeah, so, and that's a CD. So anything that's really interesting interests me. Yeah. Okay, how, and I don't mean to give away trade secrets, but how do you figure out what this stuff is worth? Somebody comes in here and wants to buy it. I mean, is it, is it one of those things where you know off the top of your head there, or do you do research to figure out what actually this is worth if somebody wants to buy it? Now, that, let, me, let me get in here. That was a very good question. All right, back in the day, and back, I don't know, even going back to, uh, even going back to 2000 or 1998, like, like that, you know, um, I used to use my brain. There was no computer. So I'd just bring a, a price out of the air. If I was wrong or whatever, that's it. That's some knowledge from knowing what the business is, right? Now you're dictated by some of the sites on the computer. I hate that. Yeah. I'd love to see all the computers crash, you know, and go back to the old way. Because yeah. I'll pick out an album, like there were two gentlemen here yesterday that um, are performing at the Smith Center as um, the Everly Brothers. Well, they were in here, and they were buying Everly Brothers albums and some rockabilly and some country. So I, they pulled up about five Everly Brothers albums that back in the... 70s, I would sell them for about 150 bucks a piece. Mm -hmm. Now I look online and they were 40 bucks. Really? So I charged them, you know, the 40 bucks. I didn't say, oh, I get 150 bucks for that. Can't do that anymore. Yeah. They dictate the prices to you. So that's why you're kind of trying to look for the odd stuff yeah. and then pray that it's the music is there. More with Rich Rosen, owner of the incredible Wax Tracks Records, in just a moment. But first, when you visit Las Vegas, you're always looking for fun things to do. And I think one thing you got to put on your list is the Neon Museum. It's fantastic. What a way to learn the history of Las Vegas, but by the signs that go back all the way to the 1930s. The lobby, in fact, is a restored shell from the old La Concha Motel. It's a lot of fun. The staff there is incredible. Really unique Las Vegas experience. So you can learn the history and have a blast. Go to neonmuseum.org. That's neonmuseum.org. You are listening to the owner of Wax Tracks Records, Rich Rosen, whose biggest fan just may be Sir Elton John, who always is checking in to see what's new. Part of this, I mean, I think it's a great idea for folks when they come here, maybe if there's something they want to sell to come, you're willing to look at things, you pay a fair price, and uh, quite frankly, you're open for a lot of things that maybe aren't mainstream. Well, you were here before, the people who came in, they had 18 autographed albums. One was Bob Dylan, uh, two were Jefferson Airplane, and then the balance were all, you know, really not too good, okay? So I told them, do some research, come back to me with a price, and we can talk, we'll see. Because they had no letters of authenticity or anything like that. Yeah. So that changes the ballpark, you know? I mean, they nev we never had that in the past, yeah. you know? But now they charge. I think I charge you three hundred dollars to get, you know, it, get it uh, authentic. Authentic. What is that word? Authentic. Certificate of authenticity. Ah, authenticity. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Authentic. Well, authenticated. No. Yeah. Right. That'll okay. Work. Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> but you're right, and you know, people come in and stuff, and I know, like, for fans of Pawn Stars. You always bring city. Have they ever brought you over there? Because they should come here and uh, one, talk to you. One time I sold uh, a horse and buggy many years. Very heavy. You had to put a dime in and then it goes like this, right? So I, I got myself on the horse and buggy and they came down with the cameras and everything. And uh, 
I sold it. I mean, uh, I wanted $1,000. I think it was worth more. So they started the bid. I told my son, if I get 1000 that's it, right? So they started the bidding at 5000 right? And it went down to 3000 And it went down to 2000 Would anybody pay 2000 You know, this like that. And then finally they said they have the okay to give me, I think it was $300 or $400, right? I says, I don't know who you got the okay from, most likely the boss man, but I won't sell it for a penny less than 1000 they said, all right, we'll take it. You got your 1000 <laughs> So I said to my son, you see, that's how you do the business. I don't care if it's worth 10 Once I give my price, I'm happy with what I get. Right. That's all. And it's going to be fun. I mean, anybody that comes here can sit in there and talk with you. You know about all this stuff, where it comes from. And, you know, I don't know how you can find things in here because there are piles everywhere. I mean, it, it, you have to kind of gingerly walk around. But you say. But you should look you, through the piles and keep them neat. Because yeah. you can find anything in our piles. Jerry just hasn't had a chance to put them into the walls. And there's not that much space in the walls either, you know? Did you ever think of getting a bigger place? Too old. 77, this place is enough for me. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it kind of makes it part of the fun, actually. If, <laughs> He's my son, if my son takes it over, let him either get a bigger place or do whatever he wants, you know? It, it's his... It's his... What's the legacy? So It's his legacy. But, hey, time will tell. What a legacy you've left them. Oh, my gosh. Again, it's fun to walk around. And it's not just, it's vinyl kind of dominates the place. But there's plenty of CDs. You have cassettes. Uh, Do you not have 8-tracks? Yeah, I have 8-tracks. Oh, you do? Cassettes are getting bigger now. 8-tracks, eh. But the cassettes are getting bigger. We also have T-shirts, rock and roll T-shirts and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Yeah, no, a little of everything. Now, you grew up, you're, you're a big 50s and 60s fan, right? Right, right. From R&B, doo-wop, to soul. Right. I collect soul ballads, girl groups. I love girl groups. Wow. You know? Big fan of the Phil Spector sound and yeah, all that? Yeah, but I look again. I don't look for Be My Baby. I look for the odder stuff. Yeah. Like, for instance, everybody looks for a record by the Crystals called The Screw. Mm-hmm. So I have a copy of that. Wow. But that's a rare record that never really officially came out. So what's, okay, those are some of your favorites. Is there anything here like where you found something, you heard it, you go, my gosh, this is great, and yet it wasn't a big hit or anything, but it's just something you love? something right up there that a guy gave me as a birthday present, and it's Stormy Weather by the Five Shops. Ah. Well, that's the rarest R&B group record. If anybody gets that and brings it in here, you'll really walk away happy. That's the 78 of it, but it's, it's like made up. It's not real. You see what over there on Jubilee? Yeah. Yeah, that's the record we've been looking for all our lives, you know? And you can't find them. But I found in Jersey in a basement, I found an acetate of it, which blew my mind to get an acetate of it. I still yeah. I still got that. But I still don't have the actual physical record, and I'd love to get it. Well, this would be a great place for somebody who's cleaning out their parents' uh, attic or something like that and come on down here. That's it. Or I'll come to the attic, wherever it is, you know? I mean, that's, that's it. That's the, uh, you know, it's doing you no good down there. Why not turn it into cash? Absolutely. And as far as content, and look around, a lot of Beatles stuff. Are they the most kind of popular, iconic group that people come in looking for? Right now, yes. Beatles, Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, you know, they are the Doors, Queen, Elton John. They are all, you know, most popular groups now that sell the best. Hotel California is one of our best sellers. Uh, Rumors by Fleetwood Mac, another great seller. 
Then you get into the Beatles. You know, everything. Everything sells by the Beatles. You know? Yeah, the Stones. I forgot the Stones. They're also good. Bob Dylan, also good. Jimi Hendrix. These are people that they, they always walk out with. And I imagine it must be fun if, if you are a Beatles fan or like a Stones fan to find something that maybe you haven't heard in a long time or has been ignored or that kind of thing. Well, that's good. Like, like a lot of people are looking for uh, uh, Frank Ifield and the Beatles. Now, that record came out two ways. One, as a, a poster picture of the Beatles. That's so rare. I, I mean, I've seen it once in my life. And then there's a Jolly Watt album, which is the same album, repackaged. I mean, just to see it, you know? I mean, one of them goes for about three, $4,000. That's the one you don't see too much. And then the Jolly Watt is more affordable. And then also you have the Two Virgins album with John Lennon's Nude with Yoko Ono on the cover. I have those here too, you know? You happen to like My Pussy Belongs to Daddy. That's your favorite album here. <laughs> well, I tell you, it, it was just funny, because, and that really is the name of the song, and it's sitting among other, like, the Supremes and so forth, and I thought it was just a great dichotomy what this place is really all about. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's, it's rare, it's hard to find. I mean, you don't find these albums everywhere. You know? what, is, what is that album? I mean, because there's a naked it's, woman on the top. It's, just... it's like from the 1950s, and it's comedy uh, insinuendo songs, right? Yeah, so it's fun. It's fun. If you played it, you know, you get a kick out of some of the comedy in it. Well, speaking of that, what if I'm a Red Fox fan with the old kind of party albums they have? Do you have those in here? Tons of them. And I just got today in the piles I'm going to be going through, there's at least... Six Red Fox records. Seriously, on that chair, there's at least six Red Fox records. And you, me did you remember from the same type of thing? There was also, uh, um, what's his name, uh, Dolomite. Right. Right. Well, I think there's one or two in that, that in the same pile. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Red Fox sells. Red Fox sells. Well, see, I mean, to me, that's a great history. I did a long interview with a biographer of Richard Pryor. And you try to figure out Richard Pryor, you want to have those albums as well because that's kind of where that came from. I have them. They're not too sellable, you know. Another thing, when I was in L.A. about, I don't know, it must be about seven, eight years ago, I went out and I was buying out a, a, a pressing plant, right? He had a big skid, and I saw right on top, I saw one EP because you asked about EPs before, right? There was one EP there by the... Uh, Earth Angel by the Penguins, right? And uh, things like that. So I didn't even look on the bottom. I said, I'll take the whole skid. The skid's about a, a 500 to 1,000 boxes of records, wow. you know? So uh, I paid, paid so little for it, it didn't matter what was in the bottom. The whole bottom were Red Fox EPs. Mint, brand new stock, because that's where they pressed it, right? I still have some of them here. Uh, if this was television you'd be able to show it to everybody we're going to tell people about this regularly uh one of the things i enjoy rich are uh live albums and some are better than others but you have some really unique live albums you know because i would think at a place like vegas for example there might be people that put on concerts here and we forget how good those were and they were here and you can find them somewhere you should look in that first section over there you'll find you find a lot of people you know doing live albums you know what I like? You see in the middle there where I put that Batman? Mm -hmm. That Batman is from like the 40s. So that's all regular records. And then, you know how many people go to that Batman thing? They don't even ask a price because they look at it and they know it's going to be expensive, you know? So, I mean, yeah, no, it's, it's uh, live stuff. We have a lot of live stuff, too. That's great. So you come in here. 
no matter what you want, you go ask Rich, and Rich, you pretty much can find them something they're looking for. Yes, I don't. I don't think there's been one time if I couldn't get it within three or four days. One time in the last forty years, uh, I'd be surprised. Yeah. Really, I mean. So, like somebody sent me a want list uh, yesterday, and I have two of the things on the want list, and there's about eight. So I can get through my contacts the other six within a week. Wow. Yeah. So that's great. If you something you're looking at particular, you need to call Rich, and yeah. Uh, yeah. he'll help you find that. Uh, just a couple of other things, Rich, uh, as these things go. You want to give that phone number? Yeah, wants to do that. 702, area code, 362-4300, and my cell is 702 702- Four nine six zero nine one eight, and that'll get you right to Rich, who we can set you up. I, I I guarantee it. I'll put my I'll put the show's credibility on that. There's nothing that you can't find here. It's just so much fun. You know, you have all these great stories having gone through all this. Was what was like your favorite find that where you just found something and you went after it, and all of a sudden it popped up. Well, not too long ago. I don't know if I should tell the story. How far do you get out of Vegas? all over the country. I don't know. I don't want to tell this story. I'll tell this story anyway. Right. One day I went down to Pahrump to buy uh, autographs. So they had uh, autograph, a autograph of Marilyn Monroe and a bunch of Betty Page. I mean, that's the Betty Page right on that wall there. And uh, then he had, uh, I think, 1,500 DVDs and a lot of books about Betty Page and Crumb and things like that. And records, too. I mean, you know, it was a little of everything. So I have in my hand, I was going to hand him $1,000, right? So then he takes me into the garage, and he has this jukebox, not plugged in or anything. And I said, well, tell me something about the jukebox. He says, I can't. It was my brother's. He's dead, right? I said, you mean it could be an empty box? He says, I'm sure it's an empty box. So I says, do you think it works? He says, I don't know if it works. I says, well... I mean, I would take the jukebox also. All right, here, I'll tell you what, I'll give you $1,000. He says, all right, I'll take it. I was going to give him the $1,000 without the jukebox. So I ended up giving $1,000 with the jukebox. Yeah, again, if it's here, like I'm just just looking around. I'm standing in the, the middle of the store, just looking around. You can see an Elton John thing live from Moscow in 1979. You know, I, I'm a pretty big fan. I haven't seen that, and I imagine, well, I know it. There's stuff all that over was, here. That was a record store day item. Ah. Okay. Yeah, that was a record store day item. But a lot of people don't know it. I mean, you know, an Elton fan that comes in, they never saw it. Yeah. Right, right. I had about, I think, eight or ten of those. I'm down to one or two. You got to come down here. So let's tell them, where, now, how do you get here? It's pretty easy, actually. From the Strip, you just head down. Uh... From the Strip, you come up Sahara. Make a right on Sahara. Let me see if you're coming from the Strip downtown or down by the uh, hotels. From the hotels. From the hotels. You go to Sahara, make a left turn, take it straight up to Decatur, make another left, and go one light till you see a big green house on the right. That's Wax Tracks. 2909 South Decatur, uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. Wax Track. It, it, it's, it's a must-see. If you want it, he's got it. And if you've got it, he wants it. So, <laughs> uh, I ask you, you know who this is? No, I don't. It's Tom and okay. Jerry. Tom and Jerry was Art Garfunkel oh, wow. and Paul Simon. Wow. Right? I, knew, I knew they looked his like somebody. Name, his name was Jerry Landis. That's the Jerry. And his name was Art Garfunkel, but his real name was Artie Gar. Oh. Right? So I don't know how it came to Tom, but still. That was them. Their first few records came out as Tom and Jerry.
And who, who knew? That's fantastic. Well, big, big hit called Hey Schoolgirl. And that was their first... That was, uh, that was from the 50s, yeah. Wow. So they've been doing that. They were doing it quite a while, even when they got into the graduate days and stuff. They've been out there. Yeah, yeah, no, they've been out there a long while. A lot. They wrote for a lot of people. I mean, they, they were in the Brill Building a lot, you know. So I mean, you know, that's that's what I got. Like, you know, look at this right behind you, a picture autographed by Groucho. Remember Groucho Marx? Oh, yeah. That's autographed by Groucho. Then there's one autographed by Dion and the Belmonts. You know, so all that's over here, you know. You got to come and look at the walls. You'll love the walls here. In the walls, watch where you step. Yeah, the ceilings, look at the ceilings. Yeah, there's there's not a, a speck of wasted space. I challenge people. I to, something that's coming over here with Frank Sinatra, right here. And you have that kind of, rat, if people are in the Rat Pack Vintage Vegas you stuff, like, you have that? John, you like the Frank Sinatra stuff? Uh, a little bit. Oh, okay, I won't show you what I got. Yeah. <laughs> it would be wasted on your eyes. <laughs> Well, shrivel up and die. I'm more a Dean fan. Yeah, well, all right. So, no, I could understand that. He's a good singer, too. <laughs> and what about, uh, do you have, like, posters or or things from uh, various concerts, that kind of thing? Yeah, I got some of the old um, show posters from Alan Freed's days, rock and roll posters, all the way up to Metallica. I just bought, about a week ago, 28 Metallica posters. The Bill Graham stuff. That's that what that's what they that? like exactly, yeah. like Bill Graham. You know. Wow. Yeah. So I bought 20, 28 of those. They were in beautiful shape. Well, and the Alan Freed stuff, I would love that because I look at that, and I think to myself, you know, that's rock history right there. I, ha- I have an Alan Freed tote bag. <laughs> His pictures on it. Tote bag. <laughs> I can't show it to you. Sonny took it. That's my wife. Yeah. So she has it in the house, you know, as a showpiece. So does your wife get to keep the things she really likes? She can pull them out of here? As long as she's still married to me. Otherwise, she leaves, she leaves, period. <laughs> yeah. Rich, thanks so much. Go visit Rich Rose. Thank you very much. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you, sir. You've been listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, the podcast, with new shows loaded twice weekly. Got a guest idea? Email us at info at VegasNeverSleeps.com and catch the show live every Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, coast to coast on the BizTalk Radio Network.